real estate agents from around the world. Please help me welcome, he's a six foot three sophomore from Covington, Georgia, a parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. Please put your hands together and welcome the flood insurance guru, the incomparable Mr. Chris Green. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Flood Insurance Guru podcast. My name is Chris Green, president and owner of the Flood Insurance Guru. Today we're going to tell you how a pair of educators and a learning disability created the Flood Insurance Guru many years ago. But before we get started, remember, if you've got questions about flood education, flood insurance, mitigating your property to help protect you against flooding, make sure to visit our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. So let's talk about this today. You know, how a pair of educators and a learner disability created the Flood Insurance Guru. You know, I recently published a blog on this, and it took me almost 39 years to put that blog out to tell our story. Today, I'm going to attempt to put into a podcast. You know, I may not get through it. It is a tough story. It is an emotional story, and it is the first time that I've put something like this out on the airwaves. And the reason for this, I want people to know the real me. I want people to know the Chris Green behind the flood insurance guru. I want people to know our passion. I want people to know our purpose. And today, that's why I'm telling you our story. You know, I've always said that one day I would write a book on it, but I thought it was important after speaking with my good friend Jason Cass of Agency Intelligence and doing an interview with him several weeks ago and people reaching out about their stories with learning disabilities, that it was important to put this out here. So let's talk about this today. You know, if you want to learn about adversity, then this is going to be a good podcast today. If you're looking for resources on flood insurance, today may not be the best podcast for you. So let's get started. Enough of that. We're talking about growing up with a learning disability. You know, at the age of six, I was diagnosed with ADD, ADHD. And you know, these days it seems like everybody is diagnosed with this. But it was a different story 30 days ago. You didn't have the resources and the funding and really the education that you do today in this subject matter. You know, anybody that has a learning disability knows that generally they don't fit into that same box as everyone else. And this can be frustrating to a kid. And many kids act out because of it. Some people say that kids are really bad. I know because I was one of them. And you see, it's not that the kids are bad. It's that they don't fit in this box. And when you don't fit in a box and people are telling you to do something, you can't comprehend it, it can be frustrating. And so as a six-year-old, communication can be a challenge. So acting out many times is a result of that. It's not being bad. It's just you're so frustrated. When I was diagnosed, I was in Miss Ziegler's first grade class at Martinez Elementary School in Augusta, Georgia. I had passed the first grade. It was time for me to move on to Miss Stencil's second grade class. However, the teachers and my parents both could tell I wasn't ready. You see, being diagnosed in the middle of the year came with a lot of complications, getting medications right, understanding that you learn differently than other people do, and that you may learn at a much slower pace. So my parents had to make a difficult decision to hold me back, knowing I wasn't ready to move on. So I would repeat the first grade again in the same class. Ms. Ziegler was absolutely wonderful and working with me and my parents to get me ready for the next steps. However, I had a lot of anger towards uh, my parents for this for many years. 
And honestly, they weren't even aware of that anger a lot of times. Now, why would you put a child in this punishment? It wasn't until about 15 years later that I appreciated what they had done so many years before. However, that school year that I sat in first grade for the second time had a lot of battles with it. Probably some of the toughest battles I've had to face in my life. You don't know what adversity is until you walk down the halls with your first grade class while the kids in the grade above you are calling you stupid because you're still in the same class that you were last year. You know, facing that every day can put a real mental strain on anyone. It can even make them want to punch a hole in the wall. You know, at this point, my parents realized it was really going to be an uphill battle with me each step of the way. So my mom, who was a school teacher before me and my siblings were born, decided to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. My dad was a physicist, and he would work full-time. You know, my parents worked very hard to give me the help I needed and the resources we have today. As I mentioned, these resources weren't available today. That to, you know, We didn't really have them in 1988. I remember as soon as I got done with school many days, it was off to tutoring. And then it was off to psychiatrist meetings. You know, by the age of 12, I had seen more than 10 different psychiatrists. And I was taking close to 100 milligrams of Ritalin a day. All the doctors said the same thing to my parents. Your son's just going to live a different life. And you need to accept that. However, my parents refused to accept this, especially my mom. As I mentioned earlier, part of this story is about two educators. Well, that first educator's name is Beth Green. You see, my mom would not accept failure as an option. Both my parents beat into my head every day that I had to work three times as hard as everyone else just to be on the same level. So if it took someone two hours to complete a task, it might take me six hours. My parents tried to get me into sports and activities, and honestly, I wasn't very good. Actually, I was awful. I remember the highlight of my basketball career as a kid was scoring one basket a year. When I did that, I knew I had accomplished something that year. In 1991, my family relocated to Birmingham, Alabama. I thought, great, these kids don't know that I'm a year behind. This could be a great start. But as I mentioned before, one of the downsides of having a learner disability sometimes is acting out with frustration and behavior issues. You know, kids in the school soon realized that I was different started to separate me from everyone else. I remember eating lunch by myself all the way through middle school. Being called stupid because I had to leave the class to go to special classes, you know, maybe to take a test or to get some extra time for some work. The teachers tried to be very accommodating for allowing me not to be timed on tests, even taking another room. However, classmates just accused me of being so stupid I had to cheat. And it wasn't fair. Sometimes their parents even complained. As I mentioned, my mom fought for me every step of the way in what was called IEP meetings. You know, these were basically planning meetings we had twice a year with the staff of the school to kind of see where the school year needed to go and what we were looking at at the end of the year. I was part of these meetings many times, especially as I got into middle school and high school. And I remember in the seventh grade that Ms. Breckenridge said, Ms. Green, I think you need to accept that your child needs to be in a special school. I remember my mom standing up, not in anger with confidence. She said, my son doesn't need a different school. He just needs people who want to see him succeed outside the box. She said, you wait. One day my son is going to change the world and I hope you are all here to see it. As I entered high school, I expected the same result. I didn't have a lot of friends. 
I was treated different because of my learning disability. However, this is when the second educator entered my life. I met Kathy Burbage my freshman year of high school while attending Chelsea High School. She was a special skills teacher. What I didn't know is how she would change my life over the next 20 years and the purpose and the passion that she would give me to help others. Like my mom and dad, Miss Burbage wouldn't let me fail. When my parents went, weren't at school, she was there to be my advocate. I remember most of the teachers in high school telling me and my parents that I should consider some kind of trade school or vocational school because college just wasn't for me. The next four years, Kathy Burbage would change my life forever. As I mentioned, my dad was a physicist, so math and science was a breeze. However, English was not my subject. When I was in the seventh grade, I was put into a special needs class. And this class includes kids in wheelchairs, kids with Down syndrome, and kids like myself that had a learning disability. We were all pulled from regular class to stop kids from falling behind. I would not receive another true English course in K through 12. So spring 2000 was approaching, and it was time for me to look at college. While other teachers kind of laughed under their breath, Ms. Burbridge helped me get ready to take the ACT. You don't know intimidation till you try to take a college English test when you haven't had English in six years. As I mentioned, math and science was a breeze. I finally got my test scores back, and I had scored a 15. The average person probably scores around a 21. 15 was good enough for a conditional college acceptance to Jacksonville State University, also called JSU. You see, I just needed them to let me in so I could show them what I could do. I enrolled at JSU in the fall of 2000. A 19-year-old kid, still trying to figure out his learning disability, hoping to make friends, and now trying to survive living on his own for the first time. My freshman year, I really struggled with non-competes. I couldn't even finish a course in many situations because of my learning disability and trying to figure it out and getting frustrated. I felt like I was almost running out of time. The professor started to question if I should be there. Remember those two educators I told you about? Well, they helped me enroll in some special need classes at JSU. These classes helped me understand different learning styles. As I mentioned, my freshman year was rough and my second year wasn't much better. I finished my second year of college with a 1.9 GPA, and I had failed freshman English for the fifth time. I remember coming home and handing my grades to my parents. My dad said, if you fail another class, you are coming home. I don't blame him. If it was me, I probably would have pulled the plug a lot sooner. My mom did what moms do. She comforted me and said, we'll figure it out. I entered my third year of college. I'd spent most of the summer learning about learning styles. That fall, it was on the freshman English one more time. It was pass or go home. I remember what I learned during the summer. The end of the semester came, and my English teacher handed me that grade of a C. Now, most people would be disappointed with a C, but this was a victory like I'd never felt before. After five try, six tries, really, of trying to pass English, I had finally got it past the first one. Once I got past the first one, I was able to get past the second one on first attempt. It was just getting above that mountain. I could finally move on to my major classes, which honestly were a breeze for me. You know, I graduated in 2004 with my undergraduate in business management. To see the smile on these two educators' face was like nothing else. So I decided to take a year off before returning for my master's degree. Most said master's. Ha, huh, you were lucky to finish your undergraduate. You will never graduate with a master's degree. 
In 2007, I graduated as one of the top students in my class with my master's degree in emergency management with a focus in hazard and flood mitigation. At the time, I was the first person in my family to finish a master's degree, and that would not last long as everyone else would pass me on the education level like they always did. I remember taking a loan out, and on graduation day, my dad handed me a check for the loan. He said, I never wanted you to believe that things in life would be handed to you. In 2009, I started a career in insurance for Liberty Mutual. I said, I will do sales for six months. Then I want to go work for a national catastrophe team. Well, I started working for Liberty Mutual, and I wanted to do something special to give back to those who had helped me and helped those like myself. I started a Partners in Education program in 2009 that focused on staff appreciation, student achievement, and parent involvement. Now, the student achievement part was not designed to recognize a student with an A average, but instead, maybe that student with a C average that had overcome adversity. As I said, I wanted to recognize kids that were like myself, that never got recognized. When schools found out about this program and the learning disability I had, they reached out to us to set it up. I started the Partners in Education in multiple states. In 2010 and 2011, I was recognized as the top producing auto insurance sales agent for Liberty Mutual. This was great and all, but it was never my goal, and it just kind of happened. In late 2011, my mom started to get really sick and passed away in early 2012. My biggest advocate was gone. I never got to thank her, and she never got to see me change the world like she promised so many people. This was a very hard time for me. I talked to my mom sometimes five times a day, and now nothing. In 2015, I decided to start my own company, Community First Agency, that continued to focus on those things that I had done for the schools for so many years. Trying to help kids like myself and recognizing educators like the ones who had helped me. However, as people started to learn what my master's degree was in, they started to call us the flood guru. People had flood questions all over the country that they wanted answered. In 2017, I launched the Flood Insurance Guru, which would focus on flood insurance, flood education, and flood mitigation. Our goal was to bring hope to the people the same way someone had brought hope to me. However, we wanted to do it with flood education when people felt like there was nowhere to turn. In 2019, we dedicated to 365 flood education videos in 365 days, 150 flood blogs in 150 days, and 100 podcasts in 100 days. Our goal was to change the world through flood education, giving people a guide. We ended up accomplishing something that no one else in the industry had done to this point. My mentor, Ryan Hanley, had done 100 videos in 100 days a few years back, and I'm so appreciative of the lessons that I've learned from him. Another mentor of mine, Nicholas Ayers, has taught me everything there is to know about video with the Made You Look video course. In 2018, nobody knew about us. And in 2019, we had a national brand. A national brand was never the goal. We just simply wanted to educate and show people the answers to their flood questions. So that's the story of how a pair of educators on a learning disability created the Flood Insurance Guru. So the next time someone tells you that you can't do something, maybe because you aren't smart enough or because you have a learning disability, just remember, all you see is a disability, then you will miss all the opportunity. I can't finish this blog without thanking a few people. My mom and dad for the fight they put in me. My mom didn't live to see the story play out, but I just see her in heaven saying, I told you so to all those people.
honestly, I'm not sure what she saw in me. Maybe it was a mom's heart intuition, but I'm glad she did. If it wasn't for her, I probably would have given up a long time ago. Kathy Burbage, it's been more than 20 years since you entered my life that freshman year of high school, and I thank God every day that you did, because this is your story of you seeing something in people that no one else did. I hope your children see how you have changed the lives of so many people with learning disabilities. So the next time you think of flood insurance or flood education, maybe you will think of our story. Maybe you will think there is hope, or maybe you will think how you could change the lives of someone through education. So that concludes today's podcast on how a pair of educators and a learning disability created the Flood Insurance Guru. Remember, if you've got questions, maybe about our story, maybe you've got questions about flood insurance and flood education, make sure to visit our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. You can also check out our daily flood education videos on YouTube and Facebook. My name is Chris Green, president and owner of the Flood Insurance Guru, and I want to say thank you for tuning in to today's podcast on our story.